There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teachatluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This episode is all about jokes. Finally, I've got round to doing the episode about jokes that I've been meaning to do for a long time. So here it is. And what I'm going to talk about in this episode is telling jokes, not as a comedian on stage, but just telling jokes in your normal life with your friends and things like that. Telling jokes is something that everybody does in countries and cultures all around the world. We all love to make jokes, to hear jokes, and to have a bit of a laugh. For me, jokes are fun and fascinating, but I also know that for non-native speakers of English, they can be notoriously difficult things to manage. If English isn't your first language, it can be very difficult to understand jokes, to find them funny, and also to be able to tell jokes effectively too. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about jokes in English and maybe even some things that you don't really need to know as well. And that includes these things. Here's a rundown of some of the questions that I'll be covering in this episode. First of all, what is a joke? Which I think is probably quite a good uh, starting point. Um, And then also... When and why do we tell jokes? How do we tell jokes? What are the golden rules for telling a joke properly? What's the normal way to respond to a joke if someone tells one to you? What are some of the typical joke structures that exist in English so that you know how to identify a joke when you hear one? And also, what are some jokes that you can remember and share with your friends? So this is not just going to be a guide to jokes and how they are told, but you're also going to hear lots of jokes too. I'm going to read out loads of jokes and explain them to you. So that means that you're also going to learn a lot of vocabulary during this episode, because often jokes are based on these specific meanings or double meanings of words. So it's not just cultural stuff, not just jokes themselves, but also the vocabulary, uh, which basically gives you the English that you need to understand loads of jokes. Okay. Um, At the end of this, hopefully you will be armed not only with knowledge, but also with words and also some some jokes that you can then go out and share if you feel like doing it. Um, Most of what I am saying to you here is written on the page for this episode. That's right. There is a transcript for most of this. So if you want to read what I'm saying, then you can. Um, Just find the page for this episode at teacherluke.co.uk. Not all of this episode is scripted uh, because I expect that I will go off script sometimes and say some spontaneous stuff too. But most of it is scripted. So that's nice, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm, Very nice. I, I went to quite a lot of effort to prepare this episode in advance. And I hope that it's obvious. I hope that's I hope it's clear that there's been some preparation uh, behind this episode. Um, It should be full of genuine insights. And if you find it useful, then you could consider making a donation. Uh, 
just by clicking one of the yellow donate buttons on teacherluke.co.uk. It's just your, I suppose it's just your, it could be your way of saying thanks. That is entirely optional, of course, and completely up to you. There's no pressure to make a donation. But if you do, I would be immensely grateful. I expect that this will be more than just one episode of the podcast because it's such a big subject. And it's also a subject which is very close to my heart. You know, as a as a, a person who does stand-up comedy, uh, I love jokes and I use jokes a lot. Um, so naturally, I have loads and loads of things to say about this subject. Um, it might be the case that I do this first episode as an introduction to the subject of jokes and the culture and, and all that stuff. And then in subsequent episodes, I'll actually go through my list of jokes and, and tell them to you and explain them. Um, that's right. I have prepared a list of jokes, not necessarily jokes that I've made myself, but just jokes, jokes that I've taken out of the, the sort of huge, uh, huge bank of jokes that exist in the world. The jokes that no one really owns, that people just pass by word of mouth. Those kinds of jokes. Um, I have created a list. It's quite a random list. It hasn't been fully tested for quality. It's just a list of jokes that I can remember or jokes that I've sort of um, uh, poached from other lists on the internet. Um, so I, I do have a list and I'll tell you all those jokes either in this episode or in separate episodes depending on how long all of this takes. I don't want it to be too long. Um, so this could be another series of episodes for the podcast. Yet another series. Um, there's so much to talk about and so much to share on this subject. Um, I'd also like to do an episode about telling jokes on stage and how to do stand-up comedy, because I think stand-up is also a fascinating topic um, and a very interesting topic, and it's one that more and more people are getting interested in. Uh, telling jokes on stage is quite different to telling jokes just in in your normal social life. So for me, that's another episode for another time and one which I will come back to. So let's get back to the subject of just telling jokes, maybe with your friends uh, in social situations. Um, I love jokes. I really do. I love hearing them and I love telling them. I love the way that jokes exploit double meanings in language. Often a joke is based on a word that means two things at the same time or two phrases that sound exactly the same or quite similar. Um, or a joke might be a little story with a surprise which is revealed at the end. So jokes allow us to have fun with the little holes and coincidences that exist in languages. They're a little bit like language glitches jokes. They're like moments when your brain has to deal with a sudden change in meaning or something that has two meanings at the same time. So if you're interested in language, then, you know, jokes are all about language. It's all about playing with language. Um, I also love the surreal world of jokes. You know, jokes kind of bend all of the rules or break the rules. Anything's possible in a joke, really. Um... I love the way that the normal rules can be broken. And we're talking about rules of language, but also the rules of physics and the rules of behaviour too. Jokes often bend the rules of reality in order to make the punchline of a joke work. Um, and I find that fun. I just like to, I like the little stories and crazy worlds that uh, are created by jokes. Um, jokes lead you in one direction and then suddenly surprise you with something completely different. 
Um, and the only link is that the words sound the same. So it's linguistic. It's also just fun in terms of the creative uh, and sort of uh, crazy possibilities that you get with jokes. So what am I talking about there? What am I actually talking about? Well, here's an example of a joke in which the punchline has two meanings. Okay, so I mentioned just before, jokes lead you in one direction. So, you you know, it seems to be telling you one story. And then at the last minute, pew, you, f- you go off in a dif- different direction. Pew. I don't think pew is the sound that, that actually happens when a joke is told. You can imagine that there is a sound, pew, like that. That's the sound of uh, the surprise and fun that happens when you hear a joke. Uh, it's not really. Um, I just said that uh, without planning it. Anyway, uh, what am I talking about? Here's an example of a joke in which the punchline has two meanings, okay? All right, so here we go. Um, a hole has been found in, an, in a nudist camp wall, but it's okay because the police are already looking into it. Did you get that? A hole's been found in a nudist camp wall, but the police are looking into it. Now, to get this joke, you need to know the phrase to look into something. And you need to know that that means to investigate, on one hand, sort of idiomatic meaning of to look into something means to investigate it, like the police are looking into the crime. But also to look into something can can literally mean look inside. You you know, just use your eyes to look inside. For example, you'd look into a window or look through a window, look into a house through the window, for example, or you look into a hole to see what's inside. Okay, so someone found a hole in the wall of a nudist camp. A nudist camp is a place where people can enjoy spending time with no clothes on, in the nude. Nude means naked, okay? A nudist camp is one of those weird places where everyone likes to spend time without wearing any clothes. And you have to imagine in this joke that someone found a hole in the wall of this nudist camp, but it's okay because the police are investigating it, but they're also just looking into the hole. All right, do you get that? A hole has been found in a nudist camp wall, but the police are looking into it. Ha 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 ha, hilarious. Okay, so... um. I've said it before, and I've said it again on this podcast, that explaining a joke kills the magic of the joke, okay? In fact, there's a famous quote by a man called E.B. White, and he said, explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. You understand it better, but the frog dies in the process. So explaining a joke may allow you to understand it, but the joke dies in the process. You probably won't laugh after it's been explained to you. Jokes work best when they're instantly understood. It has to be instant. This is why jokes are often lost on non-native speakers, which is a pity, isn't it? It is a pity. Um, it's a pity that, uh, you know, you're, you might be unable to enjoy the instant fun of a joke if English isn't your first language. However, here at Luke's English Podcast, I have a mission. And that mission is to try and make you laugh while you learn. And if I can't make you laugh, I'll certainly aim to teach you something. So either it's laugh and learn or just learn, okay? Um, Maybe even sometimes just laugh, uh, but hopefully both. So even if you don't find all of the jokes I'm going to tell you in this episode funny, then it doesn't really matter, okay? It doesn't matter because in the end, you will learn some double meanings and you'll be more ready to laugh in the future, 
because I'm going to explain loads of jokes for you. I expect that many frogs will die during the recording of these episodes. That's not really true. That's just a callback to the quote that uh, explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. You understand it better, but the frog dies in the process. Okay, are you keeping up with this, ladies and gentlemen? Are you following me? You need to focus in this episode, okay? So, what was I saying? That's it. I love jokes. Okay, jokes can be stupid, they can be brilliant, they can be pointless, dangerous even, harmless, disappointing, unexpected, lighthearted, dark, bizarre, rude, intellectual, or even illegal. That's right, it, it is possible in some places to be locked up for making the wrong kind of joke. Um, jokes can be just a bit of fun, or they can be used to make serious and critical points. For example, you can make jokes about the government, uh, which can land you in some trouble in some places. Uh, jokes can be very complex things when you examine them, but ultimately, jokes are just about fun and laughter. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. In fact, there's lots of things right with it. Um, there are lots and lots of social rules that surround the telling of jokes. And these are rules that you really need to know about if you're going to try and, you know, uh, understand them. And also, not just when you're focusing on jokes, but just generally, you need to be aware that there are jokes happening around you. Um, it just, it's, I think it's essential to have some awareness of the culture of joke telling if you're going to be able to function in English at a high level, okay? So let's look at some of the social rules that surround the telling of jokes. Jokes are little bits of language wrapped up in culture presented via small social rituals. Jokes and humour in general are often the most difficult aspects of a language to appreciate. The ability to appreciate humour is one of the last things that you gain as a language learner. Hopefully in this episode I'll be giving you a bit of a boost in that direction. Um, to get a joke, you need to be able to hear the individual words spoken, identify them, understand them, spot the punchline, grasp the pun or the wordplay that exists in the joke, and then know how to react appropriately. And all of this has to happen instantly. Perhaps most importantly, you need to have identified that it was a joke in the first place and not just another couple of sentences that you didn't really understand. It can be even harder to deliver a joke, to actually tell a joke. You've got to remember the specific words. You've got to get the timing right. You have to emphasize the relevant words correctly using sentence stress and intonation. Oh, my God, it is complicated. Now, just to sort of clarify the importance of jokes and the difficulty of jokes, imagine this situation. I'm sure that you've experienced something similar to this in your life. Imagine you're in a group of people and they're all native speakers and you're not. And one of them's speaking rather quickly. But, you know, you can basically follow what's being said, even the complex words and bits of grammar that you notice. And in fact, you feel quite proud of yourself. You think to yourself, I'm all right. I'm understanding all of this. My English is pretty good. Then the guy says something and everyone around you just bursts out laughing. They're all falling off their chairs laughing. But to you, it just sounded like another sentence. And you think, what's wrong with everyone? Then it becomes clear that he just told a joke. And apparently it was a good one as well. But you're thinking, what, was that supposed to be funny? You think to yourself. 
Someone then explains the joke to you. You think about it. Yeah, you get it. But really, it's not, it's not that funny. It's not even clever. Why did everyone laugh so much? Is everyone else weird or t- total idiots? Or is it you? The fact is that jokes can be hard to get. And after it's been explained to you, then the magic is probably gone. You've got to understand it 100%. You've got to understand it instantly. And that's why non-native speakers of English are often not very impressed by humour in English. Jokes don't usually translate into other languages because they're based on specific sounds or similarities between words. Also, the delay in understanding a joke can kill the enjoyment. Now, I'm not saying that non-native speakers don't get humour in English. I know that they do. Sometimes I make my students laugh a lot although this is matched by the number of times that my students don't even identify that I've told a joke. And is that their lack of English or is it my bad jokes? Well, it could be a combination of the two, I I expect. Uh, So even though non-native speakers clearly do laugh at a lot of things in English, I'm well aware that also a lot of things are completely lost on them as well. Um, I think that you, and I'm imagining that you're a learner of English, I think that you need to understand jokes because it can help you socially, but also because you're just missing out on a lot of fun. And that's why I've decided to do this episode, okay? Um, But don't expect this to be particularly funny, all right? Don't expect this to be a very funny episode because there's nothing worse than high expectations for a joke. If your expectations are too high, then you won't laugh. It's like when somebody says... When someone's got a joke and they say this to you, hey, I've got a really great joke, you're going to absolutely love this, then the joke is never that funny. Okay? So don't get your hopes up. Despite the fact that this episode is all about jokes, it's probably best if you realise at this point that there will be no laughs and no fun in this episode at all. Okay? So do not expect laughter. Don't expect to have fun. Don't expect to have a good time listening to this, okay? It's probably going to be a painful process, a process of me telling little jokes and you not really understanding them, and then you getting confused by my explanation, and ultimately, you're just going to end up despondent, and you're going to think, why did I even bother getting out of bed in the morning? Uh, I might as well just drink another, uh, a huge bottle of whiskey and just pass out uh, at the bottom of the garden. Um, I Actually, I hope that that's not how you feel. Uh, But what I'm trying to say is the message I'm trying to get across is try not to expect to laugh all the way through the episode. Instead, just focus on understanding what the hell I'm talking about. Okay? And if you do laugh, then that's a bonus, isn't it? It's a bonus. All right. So let's begin at the beginning. What is a joke? What's a joke? And that's that's a rhetorical question. I don't expect you to answer it. You might be thinking, "Uh, what's a joke? You're a joke, Luke. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that's what you're thinking. Uh, But uh, anyway, what is a joke? It's just anything said that's intended to produce laughter. That's it. It could be a traditional joke structure or a comeback or a sarcastic comment or a small story or whatever. If it's intended to... If it's intended to produce laughter, it's a joke. Okay? Uh, There are a few words that you should know, actually. Um, So... Vocab. Let's um, let's talk about vocab for a moment. I'm just uh, making a note of that word vocab in the. Uh, I'm just 
doing the notes and scripts and stuff for this uh, uh, episode, vocabulary. So there are a few words that you should know, and they're all different types of joke or just related to jokes in some way. And here they are. These are these are key words that will probably come up during the episode. So first of all, you've got uh, a pun, a pun, uh, P-U-N, pun. That's just a word joke, okay? It's a short joke that's based specifically on two words or phrases that have the same meaning or sound the same. For example, here's a pun, okay? Ready? Brace yourself. Get ready. Here it comes. Did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? Yeah, well, he's all right now. Hmm. Uh, did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? He's all right now. Okay, so let me explain that. All right uh, obviously means okay. I'm all right. He's all right. He's okay. So obviously it means that. But also it means uh, all right means only the right. In this case, he has only the right side. Uh, yeah, he has only the right side now because his whole left side was cut off. Yes, it is ridiculous. Yes, I like it. Did you get it? Did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? Well, he's all right now. Okay, so that's an example of a pun. Most jokes are puns, basically. Um, next word is a gag. Gag. G-A-G. Gag. You might know the website Nine Gag. I don't know the origin of the title of that website, but it's basically a website that has lots of jokes in it. Uh, visual jokes, memes, pictures, cartoons, stuff like that. So anyway, a gag it's just another word for a joke. Okay, so a gag is a joke. All right, the next item on this little list here is a shaggy dog story. What's a shaggy dog story? Well, a shaggy dog story is basically a longer joke. It's like a long, stupid story with a very stupid punchline at the end. Uh, for example, the pink gorilla story, which you heard me tell at length on a previous episode of Luke's English Podcast. I think it's episode 125 think so, or 126, something like that. The Pink Gorilla story or the Prawn story, both of those are shaggy dog stories, sort of long stories with a silly punchline at the end. Um, next item on this list is a one-liner. A one-liner. Well, that's basically a simple one-line joke. It's just a, a joke that's just one line. So, you know, almost the opposite of a shaggy dog story, really. It's just the, the quickest, most efficient form of joke, just one line joke. For example, this one. Here comes another joke. Are you ready? Okay, so it goes like this. Conjunctivitis.com. Now, that's a site for sore eyes. <clears throat> Conjunctivitis.com. Now, that's a site for sore eyes. Don't get it? Don't You don't get it? That's all right. Don't feel bad. It's fine. Everything's okay. Let me explain. Conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis. This is a health condition. It's, it's when your eyes are infected and painful or sore. If you get conjunctivitis, it's basically an eye infection. Uh, it, gives your eye, it makes your eyes painful or sore. Okay? Now, also, this, the expression, a sight for sore eyes... A sight for sore eyes, you say this when you see something that you're really glad to see, maybe because you need it. For example, you might, if you see someone and you're really glad to see them, you might say, oh, you're a sight for sore eyes. You're a sight for sore eyes. 
something that uh, you're really happy to see. Uh, I'm really glad to see you. Maybe because you're attractive, you know, maybe you're a, be- you're a beautiful person and you're nice. And I'm like sitting in a room and I'm bored. Maybe I'm in the library and I'm bored and there's lots of boring, uninteresting people around. And I'm like, oh God, I wish something interesting would happen. And then you see your friend, your gorgeous uh, girlfriend come in and you say to her, oh, you're a sight for sore eyes. Come on, let's get out of here and let's get out of here and uh, do a bungee jump. Whoa. Uh, anyway, you're a sight for so- something is a sight for sore eyes. It means you're glad to see it. I told you it would be a painful episode. Yes. So, conjunctivitis.com, there's a site for sore eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this literally means, okay, what else? Uh, site, the word site. You've got site, S-I-T-E, like website, and then site, S-I-G-H-T, something you see. So, they obviously sound the same, site and site. So here, conjunctivitis.com is a website for people who have sore eyes. It's a website for people who have conjunctivitis. So it's literally a website for sore eyes. And I suppose it's something that you're glad to see if you have conjunctivitis. Do you get it? So conjunctivitis.com, there's a site for sore eyes. <sighs> okay, so if, you're, if you are in any doubt about the funniness of that joke, you might be thinking that, Luke, that's not funny. That's, I understand it, but it's not funny, Luke. How dare you? Uh, you might be thinking that. Well, let me just say this. That joke won the Joke of the Year Award in 2012. And that's an award which is given to the comedian who makes the best joke at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every year. You know the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's one of the world's biggest comedy festivals. Um, Every year, uh, people vote for the best joke of the festival, and it's announced as the best joke of the year. And conjunctivitis.com, there's a site for sore eyes. That won the best joke of the year, 2012, and it was written by Tim Vine, who is one of the UK's top comedians. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's an example of a one-liner. Tim Vine is known as being a one-liner comedian, and he, he used to hold the Guinness world record for the most number of the the, the highest number of one-liners delivered in a one-hour show um i can get you the i can give you the number of that here it is um on the 7th of october 2004 tim vine broke the guinness uh, world record for the most jokes told in an hour with 499 jokes beating the previous record of 362 each joke that he told had to get a laugh from the paying audience to count towards the record. So he told 499 jokes, all of which got a laugh in an hour. How many jokes is that every minute? 60 minutes in an hour? 500 jokes? Let's do the maths on that. This is, this is where Luke's English podcast gets really dramatic and exciting. When I'm uh, doing mathematics, uh, when I'm doing sums, Uh, live while recording it, 499 divided by 60 is uh, 8.3 jokes per minute. Is that right? No, it's the other way around. It's 60 divided by 499. Okay, come on. Okay, this is really exciting stuff, isn't it, on Luke's English Podcast? 60 divided uh, by uh, 499 makes... 
Oh, I don't understand maths. 0.12. I don't understand. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I was right the first time. 499 jokes divided by 60 minutes. That makes a total of 8.3 laughs or 8.3 jokes every minute. Um, so if we do 8.13, uh, 8.31 divided by 60, we can count the jokes per second. That is approximately 0.13 jokes per second, which is not bad for an hour. Anyway, that's Tim Vine who wrote uh, that award-winning joke about conjunctivitis.com. Okay, so that's a one-liner. Next word is a wisecrack. A wisecrack. It's kind of an American word, I think. And it means um, a clever or funny response. So just a response that's funny. Um, And then we've got a comeback. A comeback is a quick response to criticism. So if someone says something critical to you, like they say something like um, about your hair, and you quickly come back with a very funny response. That's a comeback. And... um, Winston Churchill was famous for his comebacks and his wisecracks and his funny comments. And here's, here are a, here's a couple of examples of Winston Churchill's comebacks, okay? So imagine the scene. Winston Churchill is at some function somewhere, and uh, he's talking to a woman, and he's had a few too many drinks, and he's being a bit rude, okay? And the woman says, Mr. Churchill, you're drunk. And he says, yes, I am, and you're ugly. But in the morning, I shall be sober, but you will still be ugly. Um, and he also uh, did this one. So the woman said, uh, Mr. Churchill, if I was your wife, I would put poison in your tea. And he said, and if I was your husband, I'd drink it, etc. That kind of thing. Um, the next word is witty. So if you say that someone is witty, um, you, you would use this word to describe someone who's funny and able to make quick and spontaneous jokes. Okay, so he's a very witty person, for example. Um, next thing is, um, this next word is to describe part of a joke, and it's the setup. So the setup. That is the first part of a joke which sets the situation and sets the context. Okay, and after the setup, you have the punchline. So the punchline is the funny part of a joke which is delivered last. And here's an example of a setup and a punchline. Okay, here we go. Here comes another joke. All right, Um, so here's the setup. I couldn't quite remember how to throw a boomerang. I couldn't remember how to throw a boomerang. That's the setup. And the punchline is, but eventually it came back to me. Okay, I couldn't quite remember how to throw a boomerang, but eventually it came back to me. Um, All right, so let me explain that one. Uh, It came back to me. That's the funny bit. To come back to me, that literally means to return to me, like the way a boomerang does. You know, you throw a boomerang and it flies round in a circle and it comes back to you. It returns to you. But also, it, uh, it came back to me also means I remembered So if something comes back to you, it also means that you remembered it. I couldn't remember how to throw a boomerang, but eventually it came back to me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Very, very funny. Brilliant. Um, The next uh, item on this short list um, is the expression a dad joke. A dad joke. So a dad joke is a type of joke, and it's a stupid, safe, and rather bad joke. Okay, it's the sort of thing that your dad would tell you. It's the kind of joke that dads tell. 
To be honest with you, most of the jokes in this series of the podcast that I'm doing now, most of the jokes that I will tell you in this episode or the next few episodes are jokes. Uh, they, they are they are dad jokes, basically, you know, kind of a bit stupid, not very offensive and a bit bad. Um, they're not very dangerous. They're not cool. They're quite disposable, but they're fun and they're sweet. Now, where do jokes actually come from? Where do they come from? Well, most jokes just seem to exist in people's consciousness and nobody knows really who wrote them. Um, they get shared orally or maybe written in emails and they get passed around, but nobody really owns them. Um, when I was a kid, my friends and I used to own joke books. They were these big compilations of jokes and you could buy these huge books filled with hundreds of, or thousands of knock-knock jokes. Uh, we used to go around telling them to each other. Uh, and there were so many of those jokes. Sometimes, sometimes at school, I heard some pretty rude jokes too. Jokes that involved sexual things that as a child, I just didn't understand. That was a, that was a weird way to be introduced to some aspects of sexual depravity uh, within the context of a joke told by a naughty kid at school. Only later would I understand what they actually meant. Um, so... I think we probably hear most of the jokes that we know when we're kids, but also as adults, you know, you kind of remember jokes that your friends have told you. And they just get passed around. So it's like a general sort of bank of jokes that everyone knows, but that no one seems, uh, seems to have authored. Um, then there are jokes which have been made up by someone or written by someone, like, for example, a professional comedian, like the conjunctivitis joke by Tim Vine. Those ones are actually owned uh, by those comedians and they're used in their stage performances. And when you tell one of those jokes, it's kind of customary to say whose joke it is. For example, that's a Peter Kay joke or that's a Tim Vine joke, for example. Um, it's a surprisingly difficult skill to be able to write really good jokes. And if you can do it well... It can make you quite rich or successful. Some of the best comedians, writers and directors that we know started out by writing jokes for other people. For example, Woody Allen, Steve Martin, David Letterman, Conan O'Brien, for example. They were all joke writers. Um, then there are the original jokes made up by people on the spot. Uh, spontaneously. Now, if you're clever, you might be able to come up with jokes spontaneously, and people might consider you to be really witty, which is positive, or perhaps just a smart aleck, which is negative, depending on how well received your jokes or funny comments are. So it's either jokes that just nobody owns that, you know, and yet loads of people know, jokes that are written by comedians, or jokes that you just make up on the spot. Um, now, mainly in this episode, we're talking about the first category of joke, ones that lots of people know that have no owner and which get passed around by word of mouth. As I said, I will be sharing loads of them with you later in this episode or perhaps in the next one, depending on time. A lot of these jokes, which are shared by friends, have typical structures, uh, which most people know. Like, for example, knock-knock jokes or doctor-doctor jokes. Um, there are also social conventions around joke-telling that you need to know. For example, how to tell a joke, how to react when someone tells you a joke, and how to identify when someone is joking, and how to respond to a joke. For example, if someone says to you, if someone, say, if someone comes up to you and says, 
what's the difference between a photocopier and the flu? What's the difference between a photocopier and the flu? Now, you shouldn't try to answer the question, okay? That's not how it works. Don't try to answer the question. Uh, what's the difference between a photocopier and the flu? Hmm, good question. Let me think about that. Uh, well, I suppose one of them's a machine uh, and the other one's a virus. In fact, they're really different, actually. Why? Why are you asking the question? No, don't do that. That's the wrong response. The person is clearly telling you a joke and you're supposed to say, I don't know. Okay, because that's what you say when someone asks you a question like that, when it's a joke. You know, if it's obviously a joke, you're supposed to say, I don't know. And then you just wait expectantly for the hilarious punchline to arrive. So this person, let's say someone who works in your office, has come up to you and said, hey, what's the difference between a photocopier and the flu? And you say, I don't know. And they reply by saying, well, one makes facsimiles and the other one makes sick families. Ha 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 ha. Good one. Yeah. Good one, you say, even if it wasn't that good. Now, did you get that joke? What's the difference between a photocopier and the flu? The flu, that's influenza, right? You say, I don't know. Well, one makes facsimiles. A facsimile is basically another word for a photocopy. You know, you put the paper on the top of the machine, you close the lid, you press the green button, and out comes a copy or a facsimile of the original document. That's a facsimile. So photocopiers make facsimiles. And then the flu makes sick families. Facsimiles, sick families, facsimiles, sick families. You can see the joke now. They sound kind of the same. Okay, good. Now, telling and hearing a joke is a little is like a little social interaction with its own specific rules and conventions that you have to know. We'll look at this more later on in this episode. Now, what's the point of telling jokes? Why do we tell jokes? What's the point? Well, it's all about laughter and how it makes us feel good. According to helpguide.org, which is a trusted non-profit online service giving advice about mental and physical health, laughter is actually good for your health. You know the phrase, laughter is the best medicine. Um, well, that's, that's the reason. That's the reason why uh, laughing is important, because it's good for your health. Okay. Have you heard that before? Laughter is the best medicine. Well, according to helpguide.org, laughter relaxes the whole body. A good hearty laugh, a good, you know, good solid belly laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles feel relaxed for up to 45 minutes afterwards, up to 45 minutes. Okay, I don't know where they got that number from. I like the way they said up to 45 minutes. No more than 45 minutes, only between zero and 45. Anyway, apparently it makes you feel relaxed. Laughter also boosts the immune system, apparently. It decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, thus improving your resistance to disease. Laughter also triggers the release of endorphins, which are the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Endorphins are like, well, they are chemicals that make you feel good. You know when you go to the gym and after you've been to the gym you feel good, you feel sort of almost high or something? That's endorphins. 
exercise releases endorphins, and also uh, laughter releases endorphins as well. I'm sure that you could make a joke with the word dolphins and dolphins. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. Somewhere. Hmm? Uh, think about that. Endor- releasing endorphins and releasing dolphins. Um, why do you feel so good at the Sea Life Center? Why? Because they keep releasing endor- endorphins. Because of all the endolphins. Never mind. That was an attempt by me to make a joke from nothing. Uh, all right. Now, uh, are you still following this? We're talking about the reasons why laughing is good for your health, okay? All right. So, apparently, endorphins pr- promote an overall sense of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain, which is kind of true, isn't it? When you're laughing, when you're really laughing, you, d- you, you don't feel the pain anymore. You know, You know the general pain of feeling alone in the universe. You don't feel that when you're laughing. You don't. Um, Laughter also protects the heart. It improves the function of blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can also help to protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. Hmm. There is a link between laughter and mental health as well. Apparently, laughter dissolves distressing emotions you can't feel anxious, angry, or sad when you're laughing. It's true, isn't it? Laughter helps you relax and recharge your batteries. It reduces stress and increases energy, enabling you to stay focused and accomplish more. Humor shifts your perspective, allowing you to see situations in a more realistic, less threatening light. A humorous perspective creates psychological distance, which can help you to avoid feeling overwhelmed. This is quite encouraging for me, actually, because as an English teacher and as a stand-up comedian, obviously, sometimes in my English lessons, I try to make my students laugh. Sometimes I wonder if it's a good idea and if I should stay serious all the time. But actually, even if my students don't laugh all the time, Okay, they laugh, you know, they, they laugh enough, depending on the room. Some students just don't seem to have a sense of humour, but others are great. So anyway, uh, sometimes I question whether I should be trying to make my students laugh and whether it's my job as a teacher. And reading this just, uh, you know, reassures me that I'm doing the right thing. Because, you know, having an atmosphere in which laughter is possible, as it said there, it allows you to kind of uh, relax gives you that psychological distance, which which can help you to f- avoid feeling overwhelmed, and it helps to break down social tension, which is necessary for when you're learning English. You you're not going to learn or feel comfortable experimenting or going out of your comfort zone if you feel uptight and you feel stressed out and you don't feel comfortable socially. So laughter and general humour and the atmosphere of a joke is important in the language learning context, don't you think? Of course you do. That's why you're... I'll start that again. That's why you're listening to Luke's English Podcast. Sometimes I can't can't speak my own language, but never mind. Um, Social benefits of laughter. As if the physical and psychological benefits weren't enough, there are also social benefits. Apparently, it strengthens relationships. If you find people that you can laugh with, then, you know, you, you end up creating a good, you know, bond relationship with those people. It makes you more attractive... If you're able to make people laugh, then it attracts people to you and also can enhance teamwork. If you can have a bit of a laugh with your team, then it bonds the team. It binds the team together. It can help to defuse conflict um, and it promotes group 
bonding. I've been in musical groups before, bands, where laughter is just like the greatest thing to create that that uh, that sort of rapport with the other members of the band, the other musicians. You've got to laugh and joke when you're in the recording studio or the practice studio because it just helps you to get together as a group and ultimately that helps the music. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, yes, this is all very good, Luke, but really... Jokes are jokes are rubbish, aren't they? They're crap, aren't they, really, jokes? You might be thinking that. You might be thinking, but jokes aren't funny, Luke. I, I kind of hate jokes. They're usually awful, and I don't laugh. I hate it when people tell jokes. It's always uncomfortable and terrible. Well, yes, that is true to an extent. They are often terrible, aren't they, jokes? You know, like the bad puns that your dad tells you that make you feel embarrassed or the awful jokes that you get on lollipop sticks or the jokes that you find inside Christmas crackers. They're never funny. They're always embarrassing. But for me, that's part of the charm, really. It's just a bit of fun. Okay, even if the joke is terrible and it makes you go, oh, then, you know, don't just stop taking life too seriously, basically. Okay, now we know that kids like jokes. Kids love jokes, don't they? Because kids don't like. I'm inventing a new language. It's based on a series of clicks and noises and consonant sounds. Every now and then I break into it. It's the aliens, okay? It's the aliens that I've been spending time with aliens recently, as you know, on Luke's English podcast. I've been hanging around with aliens and they're starting to. It's their language, it's, it's rubbing off on me. That's how you communicate with aliens. Of course, I'm just being ridiculous. I was saying that kids don't, kids don't take life too seriously. So uh, that's why kids love jokes so much. So, you know, if you're, if you're one of these people who's like, oh, I hate jokes, they're really embarrassing, just, just lighten up a bit. Okay. Um, Also, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, that's when you're learning about the language, isn't it? That's when you're discovering the limitations and the boundaries of language. And, you know, jokes allow you to experiment with double meanings. It can be quite exciting when you're a child to discover these little problems in language or these moments where some meanings can cross over because of double meanings. Uh, For me, it's all about having the right attitude and just being ready to laugh and ready to find things funny. And I think that if you have that attitude where you're ready to have a laugh at things, I think that's probably quite a healthy uh, state of mind to have. Okay, so, you know, if you want to laugh at jokes, then you probably will. Um, So when to tell jokes. When do we tell jokes? I suppose for me, the best jokes are the ones that are spontaneous. I mean, the jokes that are made up on the spot. And they're usually received best when they are shared in sort of light-hearted joke-telling sessions when everyone is telling jokes. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes someone tells a joke and then everyone sort of starts chipping in with a joke that they know. Like, oh, I've got one, or have you heard this one? And that way, you're not forcing your joke on someone who then feels pressure to laugh at a joke that they might, they might not find funny or understand. So, it's, you know, you got to sort of choose your right moment for telling jokes. Be careful of using jokes to try and impress people, um, you know, or charm people or break the ice in a very formal situation. I would say be careful of doing that because, uh, you know, your joke might just have the opposite effect. Uh, You know, 
you have to know when to tell jokes. Normally, it's in a moment, in an informal moment, when there's no pressure. I know that jokes can be good for breaking down tension, but you know, if you're in a business meeting or on a or on a first date or something. I would say just be careful about telling a joke. You've got to choose a good joke or you've got to make your joke spontaneous and don't sort of throw yourself into it too much because it could backfire. The best results really come from comments or responses that happen spontaneously. Um, If people feel that a joke that you've told is too planned or contrived, like you've been planning it for days or weeks in advance, then when you do tell that joke, then you're just going to look like a prat. A prat just means a a fool, idiot. Uh, So really the best jokes are just unplanned comments that happen in the moment. Um, So because the funniest things are spontaneous, it's all about having the right attitude, just being open-minded, looking for the funny side of things, being self-deprecating. That means like being willing to laugh at yourself, being sarcastic, joking about things that everybody experiences, not picking on anyone in particular, and just wanting to be, wanting everyone around you to be happy and to enjoy themselves. I think that's the attitude that really um, is where the sort of the jokes will then come from naturally. Um, Also, I think jokes are often best told privately. For example, not announcing a joke to the entire room, but sneaking up on someone that you know and sharing it between the two of you both quietly and privately. Quietly and privately. Privately is not a word, okay? Quietly and privately and discreetly. That's often the best way. Um, But uh, yes, jokes can be risky, Watch out for that. You might embarrass yourself or other people if the joke that you tell is not funny. Or if you fluff it, that means to sort of say it wrong, make a mistake during the joke. Watch out also for the content of jokes. A lot of jokes out there are pretty rude. And I don't just mean sexually. Um, jokes often have victims. Um, you know, there's often you often get the target or victim of a, of a joke. I don't think that all jokes have to have victims. In fact, there are plenty of jokes that don't have a victim. Most of them, in fact. I personally don't find jokes with victims to be very funny. And by victims, I mean, you know, like fat people or women or blonde women or, what, or, or you know, ethnicities or whatever. Uh, I, f- I find that to be quite distasteful, really. So off- jokes often have victims or they could be considered very politically incorrect. And you could offend people and get yourself into serious trouble, depending on the context and the joke, of course. Certainly in the UK, we're very sensitive to making fun of things like this, right? Jokes about nationalities, jokes about disability, jokes about blondes, jokes about race, sexist jokes, or jokes with rude sexual content. Be careful of telling those jokes in public because they might just offend people. Um, I realise that I've just deleted most of some of the, well, some of the best jokes that are out there by removing the sort of um, dirty jokes and stuff. I may have just deleted some of the best jokes. But the point is, don't underestimate how offensive a joke can be. You might just think that it's just a joke, but it can be offensive to some people. All right. Some people might laugh. Some people might not understand it. And some will take it seriously and be offended. So just be prepared for that. Be prepared for the power, the offensive power of jokes, especially if your joke has some kind of victim. 
people aren't always ready to see the funny side. For example, if you if there's been an accident in the news, don't immediately start making jokes about it. People might not see the funny side. Um, I did say that, you know, jokes are all about having the right attitude. Uh, but, you know, you've got to be careful as well. Uh, the right joke at the right time makes everything okay. But the wrong joke told at the wrong time in front of the wrong people could land you in serious trouble. So generally, to sum up there, be spontaneous if you can. Uh, don't pick on anyone in particular. Don't victimise anyone with your jokes. Be prepared to make jokes about yourself and make jokes about things that everyone is experiencing or sharing. Okay. Now, how do you tell jokes? Um, perhaps the most common structure for a joke is the question-answer format. That means that a joke often begins with a question. It's quite normal to just ask someone that question. And if they're familiar with the culture of telling jokes, they'll respond with the standard response, which is, I don't know. And then you deliver the punchline. OK, I, we heard that earlier on in this episode. So question, question, question. I don't know. Punchline. For example, this one. And I'm about to tell you a joke. Get ready. Here we go. So. So, hey, um. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? How does Bob Marley like his donuts? I don't know. With jamming. Do you get it? With jamming. We're jamming. With with jamming. With with jam in and we're jamming. Yeah, you get it? And then you go, oh <laughs> oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, nice one. That's a joke which is based on your understanding of the, the you have to know the song Jammin' by Bob Marley. You know, this one? in which he sings about how he enjoys jamming. Jamming is like playing musical, playing music, basically. Just sort of free-form music, playing with your friends. Jamming. We're jamming. We're jamming. Okay, with jam in. But also, how does Bob Marley like to have his donuts? He like he likes to have it with jam in. With jam in. And we're jamming. Do you get it? Okay, good, 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 good. Normally it's not it's it's not normal to be honest to aggressively shout, Do you get it? after you've told a joke. Don't do that as a general rule. Even even though I just did that then. Okay? Just, you know, don't what don't do what I do, do what I say. Remember that. Um, so there's the structure. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? I don't know. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? We're jamming. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, yeah, it's very good. Thanks. Uh, so at the right moment, you can just tell your joke by asking the question like that. Uh, sometimes you can say, sometimes you might say as a sort of introduction, hey, I've got a good joke for you. I've got a good joke for or, or, No, don't say good joke. Just say, oh, I've got a joke for you. I've got a joke for you. I've got a joke for you. Or, hey, do you want to hear a joke? All right. Or even something like, have you heard that Bob Marley joke? Have you heard the Bob Marley joke? Or have you heard that Bob Marley joke? That's your introduction. And then they say, no, I haven't. What is it? Go on. And you go, uh, how does Bob Marley like his donuts? And they go, I don't know. And you say, we're jamming. And they go, ha, oh, that's pretty good. Nice one. Uh, okay. So, uh, hey, I've got a joke for you. Or do you want to hear a joke? Or have you heard that Bob Marley joke? Um, okay. And then, tr so try not to say... I've got a good joke for you. Or try not to say, I've got an absolutely hilarious joke and you're absolutely going to love this. Are you ready? 
Try not to do that because you'll be building it up too much. The person will expect too much and it's bound to be an anticlimax. So don't build it up too much before you tell the joke. Just say, oh, I've got a joke for you. And then you say it. Okay. Timing is important. It, all, it also has to be very clear. When I say timing, there's, yeah, timing, timing, timing. Timing just relates to, you know, pausing in the right place, delivering the punchline at the right time. That's about timing. Okay. It also has to be really clear. When you tell the joke, it has to be clear. It has to be comfortably and easily told so that people can understand the setup. Make sure that you learn your joke properly. Okay? Don't embark on a joke when you actually don't know it. Because you'll get halfway through the joke or you'll get to the punchline and then you'll realise, oh my God, I can't remember the key word and then it's not going to work. Okay, you have to learn the joke well. Uh, the setup has to be exactly right and the punchline has got to be perfect too. Make sure the setup of the joke's not too long. It has to give only the most crucial information for the punchline to work. Make sure that you know your joke well, as I've just said, because there's nothing worse than telling a joke wrong or forgetting the punchline. It's the equivalent of a magic trick going wrong. You look like a fool. Also, don't expect much of a response, okay? And don't expect your joke to make you super popular or anything, okay? The chances are, let's be honest, the chances are that people are not going to get the joke, and if they do laugh, they'll probably just forget about it. Unless the person is a joke fan like you, in which case they might remember it. So in the, in the right moment, though, jokes can be lots of fun. So jokes are not, in, in fact, jokes are not worth a lot unless you find other people who love them and then you can share your favorite jokes together. So just remember that. Remember, don't expect too much of a response from a joke, okay? The joke might make someone laugh, but then that's it. It's not going to be like, you know, uh, New Year's Eve or anything. Um, when telling a joke, remember it. Have I made that point already? Run the joke through your head before you say it. Don't get halfway through the joke and then start again because you forgot it. You know, you might say, don't say something like, how does, what kind of jam does Bob Marley like in his donuts? With jam, oh, uh, no, that's not it. Um, uh, what's the, and then, you know, you've failed at that point, haven't you? You know, you know what I mean? What were some of the other jokes that I heard, that I uh, read to you earlier on? Uh, we had, um, what did we have? Uh, what's the difference between a facsimile and a sick family? One is the photocopier, one's the, f uh, no, 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 it's, it's di uh, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. That's obviously how to get a joke wrong. Now I've just lost my place in my notes here. Um, okay, now make it clear. Make your joke clear and confident. People have to be able to hear and understand what you're saying. Sentence stress is very important. Usually certain words must be stressed for emphasis. Okay, how does Bob Marley like his donuts? With jamming. With jamming. You hear it's not we're jamming. It's not we are jamming. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? We are jamming. No, no. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? We're jamming. It's actually that joke is best told with a slightly northern accent because I think it's written by Peter Kay, who's a comedian from Bolton, which is sort of near Manchester. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? We're jamming. Sort of sounds best in that accent. Um, so sentence stress is important. Certain words have to be stressed or pronounced properly. Make, sh make the joke look quite casual. Okay? 
And also, don't be too desperate for a response or laughter. Um, often it's good to tell a joke with a straight face. Um, that way you can survive if they don't laugh. If you tell a joke and you've got like a big smile, an expectant smile on your face and no one laughs, then you're going to look more like a fool. If you tell a joke with a totally straight face, hey, how does Bob Marley like his donuts? We're jamming. Like, look disappointed before they do, and that way you can kind of survive if it doesn't work. I'm speaking from experience. Uh, the best jokes are completely improvised comments made in the moment. Sometimes there's nothing better than a very carefully worded, quick response to a situation. It can make everyone burst out laughing quite magically. But then again, watch out because jokes can backfire. As I said, people might find it offensive, etc. Um, there are risks in joke telling. I've already talked about this. Uh, if you like, if you make people laugh, they might like you, but they can uh, they can be offended. Uh, yada yada yada. Uh, don't tell jokes that don't make people laugh. Okay, if you've told a joke a couple of times and no one laughed, forget it. Ditch the joke. Never say it again. It's clearly not a good joke. Okay, only only tell jokes that other people always laugh at. Don't tell inappropriate jokes. Don't tell sexist or racist, race, racist or racist jokes. Even um, <laughs> don't get angry, upset, and defensive if people didn't enjoy your joke. Okay, don't get upset if no one in, no one laughed at your joke. You can't bully people into enjoying your, enjoying themselves. Um, you need to make it clear when the joke has ended, and and when people are expected to laugh. Uh, although don't expect it to happen. If you're going to make a joke, try and connect it to what's going on at the moment. Um, da, 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 da. Don't make a donk song and dance out of it. Be prepared to carry on if the joke fails to make people laugh. People might not notice. For example, in my classes, sometimes I'll tell a joke, no one laughs, I just carry on. They don't realise. <laughs> sometimes I'll make a joke and then no one notices. And I go, that was a joke, by the way. You didn't notice, but that's fine. And that way... Like, the worst thing, when someone tells a joke that no one laughs at, everyone feels bad for the person who told the joke. You know? So if you if you told a joke and no one laughed at it, don't feel too bad. Because that way, they will see that you're okay, and then it will be no problem. You know, if you if you feel too bad, then they will feel bad too. So just try and relax. Um... Uh, I realise that when I talk about my English classes and me telling jokes and no one laughing, it sounds like I'm being a bit modest. It may look like I spend all my time embarrassing myself with dodgy jokes. Well, it does happen sometimes, but not all the time. In fact, sometimes people laugh. Uh, English people love humour, and it's used a lot uh, for a lot of different purposes, including breaking the ice as well as establishing power structures even, or social hierarchies, or breaking down social hierarchies. Sometimes people joke, you know, you joke with your friends, you take the piss out of them. And it's just a way of actually being close without having to be close. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I'm sure that it's similar in your countries too. Kate Fox, the author, Kate Fox, uh, who wrote Watching the English, which is a very good book, um, she says that for the English, there is no right or wrong time for humour. 
And I know what she means, but I don't think it's strictly true. We do love joking in many situations, and we're always ready for a joke or a funny or sarcastic comment. But of course, there's always, there is a right or wrong place for it. If you just go around making crap jokes all the time in every situation, then you'll soon become unpopular. I suppose what Kate Fox means is that humour, rather than jokes themselves, humour pervades all aspects of British life, and I do agree with that. I've noticed in other cultures... Um, there is a time and a place for humour. But in English culture, you find that people make jokes and funny comments uh, in almost any situation. Uh, the main thing is the, is the intention that you have behind your jokes. Are you doing it to make people feel happy, to bond your team, to put people at ease? Or are you doing it just to draw attention to yourself at the expense of other people's comfort? If it's just the latter reason, if you're just doing it because you want to get attention, then it's probably better to curb your enthusiasm and just, you know, cut back on the jokes a bit. Um, really, being funny is more about having the right attitude. I've said that already. It's not about cruelty. I'm skipping forwards now. How do you react to a joke? This is important, okay? Uh, the worst thing that you can do when someone tells you a joke, the worst thing you can do is not recognise it's a joke, okay? You've got to be able to identify that a joke is being told to you. Um, but don't feel too much pressure. If you don't understand the joke, that's all right. You can say the right thing. Um, so it's also bad if you don't acknowledge that a joke has been told. You have to at least show that you've identified that a joke has been said. You have to show that you identified it as a joke at the very least. So some kind of acknowledgement that a joke has happened is good. Ideally, you'll laugh naturally. You know, if you find it funny, you'll just naturally laugh. Now, you could fake a little laugh or a chuckle. You could fake it a little bit, but don't go over the top. Um, so laugh if you feel like laughing. But if you don't find it funny, you could just do a little laugh, but don't go too far. You can say certain things, like you can say good one or nice one or hey, that's a good joke. Oh, yeah, good one without laughing. Try not to sound too sarcastic. Uh, if you don't understand the joke, you can just say, I don't get it. I don't get it, right? I don't, no, I, don't, I don't get it. So, you know, you can say it with a smile on your face, like you want to get it. So someone says, how does Bob Marley like his donuts? I don't know. We're jamming. Uh, uh, I don't get it. So you can say that. I don't get it. Uh, if you've heard it before, you can say, ah, oh, uh, heard it before. I've heard it before. Or um, if you understand the joke, but you don't find it funny, if you think it's a bad joke, then you can make a noise. And that's quite common that people will make a noise as if they're suffering. Like you say a joke like, how does Bob Marley like his donuts with jamming? Then you can kind of go, oh, make a noise like you're suffering. Oh, or something like, oh, my God, what are you like? Or, oh, my God, that's terrible. Something like that. And if you, find, if you understand it and you find it funny, and obviously laughter is the, is the right response, it may be appropriate then to share a joke that you have too. Now, at this point in this episode, I'm going to stop because we've gone past the one hour mark. Uh, so I'm going to stop here and we will continue in the next episode of the podcast. And that's where we will look at some joke structures uh, some typical joke structures. Uh, we'll consider what makes a joke good. We're going to look at um, 
a scientific study into the best joke in the world, and we'll hear what the result of that study was. So we're actually going to hear the best joke in the world, uh, according to a scientific study on the subject. Um, And then we're going to go through a list of jokes, and I'm going to tell you loads of jokes, and you can decide uh, how many of them you understand and whether you find them funny, okay? So I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, as ever, leave your comments on teacherluke.co.uk. I'm very curious to hear about joke telling in your culture, where you come from. Is it very common to tell jokes? Uh, what's the general um, what's the, what's the general culture around joke telling where you're from? Uh, and um, what do you think of some of the jokes that I told you in this episode? Did you find them funny? How many of them did you get? I wonder. I'm, I'm curious to know. Uh, I should just say at the end of this podcast, don't forget to check out that offer of a free audiobook from audible.com. Um, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke and uh, go there and you can sign up and download a free audiobook. Um, and you'll get 30-day free membership as well. Now, after those 30 days have, uh, have, have uh, elapsed, then you will become a member. Uh, that means they, they charge you $15 every month after that. So you've got 30 days to check out the service, download your free audio book, and if you don't like it, you can cancel. It's very easy. All the instructions on, on how to do everything uh, related to this offer are all on teacherluke.co.uk. You can click the button in the menu that says um, free audiobook offer, and it's all there. It's very simple, very straightforward. I'm actually using audible.com now as a customer. I'm just signed up to it. I got my free book and now I'm uh, a member and I'm uh, kind of checking out all the other audio books they've got because it's it's actually really good. There are loads of great books and just clicking uh, in the search bar and searching for things. I just p- put the word jokes into the search bar and let's see what we get. We get um, uh, something called jokes to make love to, which seems to be a stand up um a stand-up show. In fact, I tell you what, if we just type in comedy into the search bar on audible.com, we can see what we get. Um, We've got lots and lots of stand-up comedy shows there, contemporary comedy collection from the BBC, Um, funny, do you talk funny, comedy comedy habits to become a better and funnier public speaker, which is an interesting way of like improving your public speaking. Um, let's see. St- what about if I put stand-up in there? I bet that's going to be quite productive. Uh, step-by-step guide to stand-up comedy. Uh, there are lots of stand-up comedy shows from people like Dara O'Brien, who's a brilliant uh, Irish stand-up. Uh, Joe Brand's book, um, she's a stand-up comedian from the UK. There's loads and loads of stuff about comedy. You can download people's stand-up comedy shows and their book books written by funny people. Um, there's there are books of jokes on here too. Um, there's loads of stuff basically. They have uh, over 150,000 different titles. And uh, if you haven't checked it out now, take advantage of this offer uh, and go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke. And you can uh, just, you know, just just have a great, great, ex- life-changing experience. Um, there will be another episode of this podcast coming up soon. 
uh, and the series will continue there. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you're having a beautiful day or morning or evening or night or some kind of weird combination between all of those things. Uh, I'll speak to you again very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.